This is the Jamal Show. Down in Jamal C. Rock. Jamal. Jamal C. Rock. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. Hola, amigo. Hola, amigo. Greetings to all of you this fine morning. Thank you for joining me first in the land of the living. And second, thanks for joining me in the land of the curious. Very important to be curious in your life. You may be wondering who I am after three weeks of silence on the radio. Everybody is born to be forgotten one day. My name is Jamal. I'll be your entertainment for the next hour. And as a radio host, I really appreciate your presence. I hope you find it fulfilling. Hope is my theme for today as it motivates me to keep going sometimes. It was once said in one of my favorite movies, The Shawshank Redemption. I think you might have seen that, Dr. Matt. Yeah. It was that um, hope can be dangerous, it was said, especially for a man who's serving life in prison. And I can see where that can be true. I can see how sometimes hope can eat you up. I remember many years ago, I was hoping that a spouse would come back to me. Surely you've never been in that position. Um, I have since learned how it can hurt when you place your hope on things that are not likely or not possible. But I believe that humans need hope. You need to believe in futures that you have no evidence for. I truly believe that sometimes in life, hope will be the only thing that you can cling to. Especially... Especially if your name is Terry McAuliffe. And you're the Democrat who just lost the big race for governor in Virginia. I got a call from you that night. Yes, you did. Let me tell you, all he had to do was hope in those last days of the campaign. Because the polls were moving away from him towards this guy, Glenn Youngkin. You could see it happening as the last days of the campaign rolled around. Who did Terry McAuliffe bring to Virginia to, to help him? Uh, the king of hope himself, Barack Obama. He brought all the Democratic superstars, Stacey Abrams, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden went there twice. But it wasn't enough, was it? So clearly a lot has happened in three weeks since we have lost, we have last been on the air, Mac. First and foremost, we've had some midterm elections. Let's see, where do we have some big elections? New York, that was boring. We were just talking about Eric Adams in the studio. Jersey. Um... Really quick, uh, on January first, Eric Adams is going to be the mayor of New York. He's going to be inaugurated. Many of out there, many of you out there in Radio Land, know that New York City is my hometown. Interestingly enough, I've met Eric Adams several times. He is the quintessential New Yorker in that he knows everybody. If you're a New Yorker, you know Eric Adams. Trust me. And when it comes down to it, all you ever have to know about New York City is that the Democrat always wins. Mayor Giuliani was an outlier, same as nowadays. But when he became mayor back in 1994, it was kind of a backlash from the first black mayor, David Dinkins. He was kind of like a Trump guy, you know. As soon as the first black mayor came, they had to, you know, rebound and uh, go with uh, Giuliani. But okay, a Democrat won New York, Eric Adams, that won't make the headlines. What will make the headlines is that this is a very moderate Democrat. Eric Adams is someone who was beat by cops as a teenager, and then Eric Adams actually became a cop years later. Some, he's someone who doesn't believe in defunding the police. He won the mayorship in a primary that was full of progressives to the left of him. So the question is, what's the message here? We hear from the AOCs and the Bernie Sanders of the world, but who is the real base of the Democratic Party? We've had this discussion before, Matt. Um, what is the message being sent here from the voters? What do they hope for? Now, there was a Boston uh, Boston elections as well. I know nothing about Boston. I've uh, never been there. That's because you're from New York. Right, See, right, yeah. right, right. New York Yankees, right? <laughs> I've never been there. It's funny because Boston's not too far from where I live now. All I know is that Boston is a big city with a nasty reputation. Of course, you know what that reputation is, right? Racism. That's man. right. Now, I don't want to make anyone mad at me, especially not the Irish because I love Irish people. Check out my last name. But I know about the reputation that Boston has for being racist, but I can't verify it personally, because once again, I've never been to Boston. But it's kind of hard to believe that it's really that bad in Boston, after having just elected its first mayor, who was a person of color. They just uh, elected Michelle Wu. 
And by the way, she's also the first woman to ever win an election for mayor in Boston. And newsflash, she's to the left of Eric Adams. She's the only progressive that I know of who won on Tuesday. She's a progressive. I didn't know that until last night. And, and just think how big that is. Think about all the Asian hatred that's been unleashed in America today. Yeah. Over the past two years with stand-up comedian Trump in the lead. And then a progressive Asian woman gets elected mayor in Boston. That's a big deal, man. Only in America. Considering the reputation Boston has. Again, maybe that reputation is not true. I don't want to make anyone mad. Not today, at least. Or maybe it's not true anymore. But what's the message voices voters were sending by electing Michelle Wu? What were the voters hoping for? That's the theme right now. And you mentioned New Jersey. How about New Jersey? Governor Phil Murphy is someone who I've always thought was pretty popular. And by the way, don't tell me about Republican Chris Christie. New Jersey is a blue state. Okay? New Jersey is a blue state. New Jersey loves unions. They love Joe Biden. They love their expensive homes and elite colleges. They pay a lot of taxes. But hey, that's always been a part of what New Jersey is. It's always been a high-tax state. Even when Chris Christie was governor. But apparently now New Jerseyans are mad. Let's be honest. Phil Murphy almost lost his ass in Tuesday's election. He came very close. And now New Jersey has one million more Democrats than Republicans. So that was that meant a lot of Democrats didn't come out to vote for him. So what's the message that New Jerseyans were sending by almost letting Phil Murphy lose his job? What were they hoping would be the result from that? Because his challenger was largely unknown. So what were voters hoping for, really? And then there's the big one, the one you called me about, Virginia. For the last 15 years, Virginia has been pretty much a blue state. They voted for Obama. They voted for Hillary. They voted for Joe Biden. And all by, like, double digits. Terry McAuliffe himself won Virginia in double digits less than a decade ago. What's happening here? What are the voters hoping for? Wait a minute now. Don't forget the sister in Virginia. That's right. Uh, right. Um, she came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's right. And she's a Republican. Always and talking she's about a Republican. She's uh, talking about a black woman talking about stop the steal. Yeah. If I wasn't embarrassed enough yesterday, <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassed enough today. Well, there are lots of theories on the subject of what voters are looking for. Uh, one thing's for sure, with the exception of Boston, we know that classroom politics played a big role. What are classroom politics, you ask? Well... Just imagine all of a sudden all the parents who never bothered to go to a PTA meeting in their entire lives, they have all finally found out at the same time that, yes, their kids were taught about Harry and Tubman. Yes, their kids are taught about slavery in school. So now they're concerned, right? Classroom politics are an issue right now. It drove people to the polls in Virginia and in New Jersey because a lot of people don't want the truth about American history to be taught. So I guess let's start book burning, right? It's like none of these snowflake parents have ever read Fahrenheit 451. To kill a mockingbird. Nobody can ever know about the people that America has stepped on or betrayed to get to where it is today. And that's hilarious to me. You want to know why that's so funny to me, Matt? Yeah, Because when I was a kid, I was taught that Christopher Columbus discovered America. (laughs) I'm sure you were too. Today, that's like an old joke. And now I feel like I was almost abused. It was almost abuse to have us believe such nonsense. Christopher Columbus discovered land with people on it. Think about that for a minute. Teachers in my generation had no problem telling us that Columbus discovered a land that had people living there already. That was logic when I was in elementary school. And you know what? No one had a problem with it. Nobody cared that it was an obvious lie. I say obvious because you can't discover a land where people are already on it. That simply doesn't fit the definition of the word discover. But nobody cared about it being an obvious lie at the time. Well, it depends on your perspective. There were no protests at the school board, though. There were no, I didn't see any protests at the school board when I was a kid about the Christopher Columbus lie. Nobody threatened the principal's life over that. It was a law that was accepted, fully accepted. I think that it was accepted. You know why? Mm. Because in the end, it's a story that favored white people. Yep. Somebody's got to say it. It's a story that favored white people. Reminds you of anything, Trump? 
But fine, whatever. Everybody wants Jesus to look like them, right? The truth is, you can only really tell a story from your own perspective. It's really hard to tell any story that isn't your own. But clearly things have changed, right? And what else was an issue in these recent elections besides classroom politics? Well, it seems like Republicans are trying to pull this whole law and order stick again. They're trying to pull the law, law and order stick out of retirement again, aren't they? It's about supporting police again now. That's what I heard that last week. Except on January 6, 2021, that is, on January 6, 2021, they beat police to death with American flags. That's what they do. And then they try to cover it up. But after January 6, and especially for elections, people, especially for elections, we Republicans support the police when we're not beating them with flags. After all, after all, let's be honest. Police are the ones who protect us from minorities, aren't they? Sorry, but I feel like that's what they're really doing. That's what they're really saying. But I'm not the only one with theories on why these elections the other day came out so bad for Democrats. There's a guy named James Carville. James Carville has an opinion, too. You you may remember him as the campaign manager for Bill Clinton, widely credited for helping Clinton beat an incumbent president, George H.W. Bush. James Carville is still around, kind of like an elder statesman of the Democratic Party. Here's what James Carville had to say recently. Listen closely. Looking at these results, uh, your party, uh, what went wrong? What went wrong was this stupid wokeness. All right, you just, don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that. And it, 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 it's, it's just really a, have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats, some of these people need to go to a woke detox center or something. I mean, they're, they're expressing a language that people just don't use. And there's a backlash and a frustration at that. Now, he sounds like a good friend of mine named Dr. Ch- uh, Alfonso Mack. Yeah. Actually, he's a little bit moderate. Well, well, well you know, Democrats never miss an opportunity to grab the feet from the jaws of victory? Hey, to miss an opportunity. There you go. So our friend James Carville feels like the progressives in the Democratic Party are going too far. He feels like it's turning some people off. Mr. Carville feels like it's turning the same people off that Joe Biden had to turn on in order to beat standard comedian Trump. Carville feels like we are losing the suburban moms. And by the way, President Joe Manchin is saying the same thing. You know President Joe Manchin, right? Yeah. All right. If you don't remember, president, I call him president because he's the one that calls the shots in Boston right now. Um, president Joe Manchin is one of two senators holding up Joe Biden's Build Back Plan. Uh, plan. It passed. It, it did pass last it night. It passed last no, night. The bipartisan one passed okay, last night. So okay. they, the progressives, um, they caved, which is fine. All right. Except for AOC, she voted against it. They passed the the, um, the bipartisan one that seven, what, 19 uh, Republicans voted for last night. So we got some movement here. We have some movement in the House. Now, if you don't remember, uh, Joe Manchin's one of the two senators that was holding back the other one, the social spending plan. The other one is Kirsten Cinema, who I call the unknowable one. That's her new, new nickname. Right. The unknowable one. She walks around in the cloak like cloak and dagger. Um, President Joe Manchin is literally he's literally saying to Joe Biden, "Hey, man, I may be a Democrat, but you're gonna need a different kind of Democrat than me if you want to rush this social spending bill through the Senate." And don't blame him too much, my friends. He's from West Virginia. They don't like Joe Biden in West Virginia at all. At all. They don't like me in West Virginia. They didn't like Hillary. I don't think they like anybody in this station in West Virginia. They didn't like Hillary. Right. But President Joe Manchin is saying that he believes the country leans more to the right than to the left. And that's why progressive Democrats are having a hard time at the polls. And you know what? It could be true. President Joe Manchin could be correct. For example, I will admit to loving Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is probably my favorite politician of all time. Nobody fights for the needs of working class people harder than Bernie Sanders. Nobody. But I still voted for Joe Biden over Bernie Sanders. So that's something to think about. Anyway, excuse me, it looks like Democrats have a lot to worry about with regard to the 2022 elections coming up. Because Democrats stand a considerable chance to lose the House of Representatives. So we all have that to look forward to. 
Moving on, I need to get on to something uh, that's very important. The Jamal Show Award for this broadcast. I need to get that out the way. Because things are going to get hot in the next segment, Dr. Man. Uh-huh. We're going to talk a little bit about Ahmaud Arbery. Oh, please right? do. And next please segment, do. After the song. Now, you remember the black dude who got shot while jogging, right? Yeah. All because the white boys who shot him thought he was a criminal? You know, that trial is happening right now. And it's on TV, rightfully so. So we're going to step into that controversy a bit in a few. But I got to get this award out the way because it's important. Because something that did happen in the last few weeks is that we lost a huge figure in American history. Mac, you might have heard of this guy. Right after the last broadcast, we had General Colin Powell passed away. Ah, the Jamaican. Yeah, like the day after we had our last broadcast. So we weren't able to talk about it back then. And he was he died from a bunch of illnesses he was fighting that included COVID-19. In fact, this is an interesting note. Dr. Fauci was on Colin Powell's medical team. But still, we lost the general. And not the insurance company. I don't mind losing that. Yeah. And we're going to give him the Jamal Shaw Award for excellence. For what? For everything. Why does he deserve it? For everything. Like I just said. Just everything. Decades of service to the American military, to four American presidents, and of course to his own family, most importantly. General Colin Powell was a man to be honored. So uh, let's go ahead and get this out the way. General Colin Powell... You deserve a, a standing ovation. There's no doubt about that. And I want you to hear him in his own words uh, really quickly. I want you to hear him in his own words. This is possibly his most uh, famous statement. I'm also troubled by not what Senator McCain says, but what members of the party say. And it is permitted to be said such things as, well, you know that Mr. Obama is a Muslim. Well, the correct answer is he is not a Muslim. He's a Christian. He's always been a Christian. But the really right answer is, what if he is? Is there something wrong with being a Muslim in this country? The answer is no, that's not America. Is there something wrong with some 70-year-old Muslim American kid believing that he or she could be president? Yet I have heard senior members of my own party drop this suggestion. He's a Muslim and he might be associated with terrorists. This is not the way we should be doing it in America. That is a great dedication and those are great final words to be remembered by. Now, if you don't mind, let's move on with the show, folks. The show must go on. Welcome to Saturday, my friends, the very next day of your life. This is the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent, live and on your favorite podcasting network. My name is Jamal. I'm an information... That's that's right. Your name is Dr. Mack. Sorry for forgetting that. I'm an information junkie from Harlem, and he's from Delaware? Delaware. There you go. The state I've never been to. I'm passing the fruits of my illness on to you so that you can get more than your share out of life. That's right. As for me, I'm your listener, God, mostly along for the ride, coming straight through the Hartford studios of WKND, and I'm doing that live up until the day when people actually know what they're talking about when they mention critical race theory, which means I'll have a very long career in radio indeed, so let's have some fun with it. On this day, the revolution will be televised on the Jamal Show Facebook page, so go check it out, folks. You can find that at facebook.com backslash Jamal Show Radio. Gotta say hello to the bishop. Hello. And by the way, the bishop did take his COVID shot, so he, he can play in New York, my friends. Basketball for the New York Nets. Just send him Kyrie Irving's check for $17 million. He'll be the only one who can. Yeah, right? <laughs> just send him seven, seven, Kyrie Irving's check for $17 million, and we are in business. He will accept. By the way, don't blame me. I didn't give him the address, but Dr. Alfonso Mack is in the house. Hey. Looking alive. How you doing today, my I'm friend? I'm good. I'm good. Thank Very you. Very nice. Now, while we are live on the radio right now on WKND 97.5 FM, you can hear us best while using a live radio app for your phone or laptop, like Extreme Mix Radio, or some people use TuneIn, like I do. Just to remind you, we are the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent. We ain't Texas. We trust you to make your decisions with your own body or your own electrical equipment. Same thing. Now, it's been about three weeks since you last heard our voices. Three weeks ago, we talked about necessity. And I hope you really needed that. Yuck, yuck. Today, my theme is hope, and we hope you stay with us through it. And if you do, you will see me pull this off. How? Well, how I always do it, by scheming and planning on how to get you all more intelligent. And it isn't easy with young people and minorities forgetting, forgetting that they need to go to the polls and off your elections as well, as well as presidential ones. My friends, you need to be at every election in which you are eligible to vote. That's the truth. I'm not only saying it's true, but I'm hoping that you realize how very true that is. 
Every election you do not participate in is an election in which your opponents are voting for you. Every time you don't vote, you willingly give tax money to your opponents. That's the truth. By the way, don't laugh, but I am a Connecticut attorney with a new office phone number for your for the public. That number is 860-200-8874. 860-200-8874. I'm also now with the Goddard Law Firm in Hartford. And we do a great job of defending people in criminal court. So if you need our help, we would love to be at your service. Again, that's 860-200-8874. 24 hours a day, call me. Let's talk. Now, if you came late to the party, I would remind you that this broadcast will soon be up on every podcast network that ever existed. That statement is a lie. Of course it is. But if we can make it all true with your help, so please share the gift of the Jamal Show with a loved one. Please. And, by the way, we can use more reviews on the Jamal Show Facebook page. We can. We need something to balance out all the bad reviews. So please be nice, okay? Be nice. Lastly, please know that my views do not represent the views of this station. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the station may be the people leaving bad reviews on the Jamal Show Facebook page. <laughs> hey, listen, people. I'm an honest man. If you really hate what I have to say, I can understand that. But don't go blaming the station. That makes me feel like a coward. And I'm no coward. So I'm asking you all, please, save up all your hatred and tell it to the bishop. He's a man of God and he can handle anything. On the other hand... If you love what you hear, those calls are for me. You can call us at 860-218-2173. Again, if you love life and this show rocks, ask for Jamal. 860-218-2173. And at this point, I'll call for a break. Today, I have something new for you hustlers and pimps. Sorry, I always wanted to say it on the radio, so I got to say it. This guy calls himself self-suffice, which is uh, pretty self-sufficient. He is from Hartford, and here's the story. I was in an art exhibit. I was with you, Dr. Matt, like two years ago, right before the pandemic started. And this guy comes up to me and asks for my number so he can text me his new song. So I'm like, cool. He promptly sent it, and I forgot about it. It totally left my mind. So then last week, I'm erasing old text messages from my phone, right, like we all should do every now and then. And I see this text with this song from two years ago. And it's a really cool song, so I finally text him back, and I guess it's been two years now, so I think he changed his number. But I still want all you guys to hear this song, and and if you remember that you first heard it here, I appreciate that, because it's a great song. Again, it's called, this is a guy called Self Suffice, the song is called Aware Chapter 12, Aware Chapter 12. So why don't you groove to this and meet me on the other side of God, why don't you?
All of that struggle was to be prepared For the treasure in front of me I ain't see what's there my friends that song is called Aware Chapter 12 by Self Suffice you can find his music on Spotify where he has a pretty good following so check him out and remember you heard him first here on the Jamal Show the place to get intelligent moving on it is most definitely a pleasure to have you back with us on the Jamal Show on WKND and on podcast I am Jamal I usually take a two hour nap from one to four if it's my job to eat a frog I always do it first thing in the morning my greatest glory is in rising every time I fall. I never let the fear of striking out keep me from playing the game. I sing like nobody's listening. I love like I've never been hurt. I dance like nobody's watching. And I'm live, I live like I'm on heaven on earth. Thanks for being with us today. Look around. You're special, just like everybody else. Let's move on. There's a trial going on, my friends. And it's been a long time coming. We actually talked about this case in one of my favorite podcast episodes. And I wish I could remember the title, but it's here. It's there. So what am I talking about, you ask? Well, it seems like just yesterday, February 23rd, 2020, Ahmad Arbery was jogging in Satilla Shores, Georgia, near his home, when a man saw him go by, according to a police report. That man's name is Gregory McMichael. It will become famous. McMichael thought that Ahmad Aubrey looked like a suspect from several break-ins in the area. You know, because Ahmad Aubrey was black. So, of course he looked like a subject, a suspect in several break-ins. I mean, a white guy wouldn't look like that. So, that was his first mistake. He looked like a suspect <sighs> while he was jogging. Now, you know the routine, my man. Did Gregory McMichael call the cops at that time to report that he had seen a suspect? Mm. No! Don't be silly. Don't be silly. He did something much more delusional than that. He called his son with a shotgun. Because why not? What can go wrong there? That's what you do when you see a black man jogging in your neighborhood. You call your son with a shotgun. Now, according to the police report, the men grabbed, grabbed their loaded weapons, got into their vehicle. Of course, Dr. Macker was a pickup truck because you know it wasn't going to be a Tesla. <sighs> right? So it was a pickup truck. And they chased down a Mount Aubrey. And filmed it. And filmed it. Well, the third guy filmed it because, you know, nothing like evidence. Which is the same thing. Uh, they chased down a Mount Aubrey, and that's the same thing I'm sure Dr. Mack would have done. The two white men tried to cut a Mount Aubrey off. And I can imagine being a Mount Aubrey's head at the time. He must have been like, why are these white men chasing me with a shotgun in broad daylight? A third guy was also involved in a pursuit, according to the police report. I think he's the one that took the main video. Now, allegedly during the chase, the defendants yelled, Stop, stop, we want to talk to you. I can only imagine that their loaded weapons may have made the interaction a little bit more complicated. Or difficult. Now, if I'm running after you and, and I have and, a gun and, in my hand, and I'm like, Stop, stop, I want to talk to you. You may not stop, I'm thinking. I might speed up. Yeah, you might actually speed up. So they pulled up to Mr. Arbery, and that's when Travis McMichael got out of the truck with a shotgun. How appropriate. I'm sure he was received very well with a shotgun. I'm sure he didn't call him Arbery. Right. He might have called him Soy, Joy, something like that. Actually, I think the word was nigger. Ah. But, but we'll get to that in a second. Gregory McMichael says that Ahmad Arbery began to violently attack his son, and the two men then started fighting over the shotgun. And that's when the hero he is... Travis fired a shot, and later there was a second shot. He shot him twice. Because, you know, self-defense can go a little overboard sometimes. And then later, uh, later the cops came. Well, the cops came, but, you know, not to arrest anybody. Don't be silly. You know, you, when, when people get shot, cops first let them go home if they're white. Right. And then, right. like, 74 right. days Wash later. Wash up. Yeah, yeah. You the, know. The, 
get Can't themselves go to jail dirty. Oh, please. Like, they got to prepare. They got to get their stuff ready. They got to yeah. tell their wives. Right. They might got, be going right. to jail. So, 74 later, they got to that. By the way, Mr. Aubrey was not armed with anything but running shoes. And I do, I do realize how dangerous running shoes can be. You know what I'm saying? I've had running shoes kick me before. <laughs> they can be very dirty on the bottom. They can pass around disease. So... I'm hearing self-defense is going to be the, the story. Two white men get out of a pickup truck with a shotgun and a 357 Magnum. They chase down a black man who was jogging, and all of a sudden, the white men were the ones who needed self-defense. Well, you know, wait a minute. You know, but that presupposes the fact that they had the right to go up and approach him in the first place. You have, you have to citizen give them that. They, they said it was a citizen's arrest. Yeah. See, when they wrote that law back in the 1800s that citizens can arrest people... A lot of white people took that really seriously. I know that you and I, when we walk down the street, we mind our business, right? Then we see a crime, we have phones, we call the police. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we're kind of old, I have a hip problem, I'm not trying to get into a fight and pull out my shotgun. These guys were heroes, though, because they actually confronted the so-called suspect that they thought committed a crime yeah. and pulled a gun on him. I mean, why not, right? So the defendants in this case had the weapons and, and the truck. And, by the way, it was also two against one. They had two two people with weapons and a truck. But they say they're the ones who needed the self-defense. They're the ones who needed the self-defense, Dr. Mack. By the way, Gregory McMichael is a former Georgia police officer. And because of that fact, more than two months passed without anybody getting arrested. These guys raced, went straight from killing a man for no reason back to go back home. They went straight from the, the, the scene of the killing back home. 74 days they were home. And let me tell you as a lawyer, you can't even kill a dog these days without visiting a police station afterwards. They're going to want to talk to you. Not here, though. Nothing like a feel-good story to reinforce your confidence in law enforcement, right? These are the people that we loosely call heroes. I bet you the McMichaels are probably some law and order Trump Republicans, aren't they? I bet, I bet they had a beer and brag to their friends about how they, how they had to put one down. Like in the old days. Now, a lot has happened in the time since this crime occurred. Many prosecutors have been assigned, and, and many have accused themselves due to their having worked with the killers. One prosecutor was indicted for actually preventing the killers from being arrested on the scene. A prosecutor said, no, 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 officers, no, 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 no. They killed somebody? Don't arrest them. Don't arrest them. We have to let them get home to their families. This was the guy, this is the person that's supposed to arrest people. Dinner's on the table, man. Yeah, they, they have to make it back by a certain time to their wives. Now, last time I checked, I can, you know, they just made weed legal in New York. You could, black dudes couldn't even have weed in their car without getting handcuffs put on them, right? They would be in search, stop and frisk, and if, if they found marijuana on them, they would be being put in jail for three days, right? Yep. Arrested immediately off the streets, right? These two guys can chase a black man down in broad daylight and shoot him twice, which makes it a hard argument for self-defense. You know, hey, let me put another one in him just in case he's still alive. He's on, he's on the ground. Because he might jump up. Yeah, he might jump he up. He might jump up. He has no gun. Two men shoot oh, him with a gun. Oh, the sneakers. Sneakers can be dangerous on a black man. <laughs> sneakers have been known to be dangerous uh, on a black man. And, you know... When you fear somebody, it makes a whole lot of sense to chase them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So they needed self-defense. So a lot of people have accused themselves. They worked with the killers. The, these killers were well-known in the police community. Surprise, surprise. Defense lawyers plan to argue that their client had no choice but to use force when Ahmaud Arbery engaged them in a fight. Even though there were two of them and, his, and the dude's dad was standing right there. Why didn't he join in? Why didn't he stop the fight? I guess we'll find out in court. Now. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation arrested three defendants in May 2020, charging them with felony murder and other crimes. On June 4th of 2020, additional evidence was presented by the prosecutor, including a statement that Travis McMichael had called him an effing nigger as Ahmaud Arbery lay dying on a cold hard street, surrounded by people who hated him. What a way to go. Hey, and no one helped Being him. called a nigger on the, on a cold hard street. Like, just got no shot with people. no one helped him. And then the cops let these people walk away. How dignifying. How dignifying, huh? Sound like a Klan rally to me. 
A grand jury subsequently indicted each of the three men on charges of malice murder, felony murder, aggravated assault. I can, I can write a book just on the charges now. False imprisonment, criminal attempt to commit false imprisonment. And then, on April 20, in April 2021, all three men were indicted on federal charges of interference with rights, a hate crime, and attempted kidnapping. They were also charged with separate counts of using firearms during a crime of violence. Let me just give you a summary. It's my opinion that these men will likely never see the outside of a prison again, even if they beat the state charges. Federal prosecutors went around 85% of the cases, primarily due to the, uh, the grand jury process. So when you ask what trial? Yes, that trial. And now that the trial has started, it has had some hiccups, Dr. Mack, unfortunately. Two days ago, there was already a jury thrown off for his bad behavior, making jokes about another black shooting, uh, Jacob, whoever, um, I forgot the guy's name. But the biggest hiccup, and this trial, by far, has been the jury. J- juries are supposed to reflect the demographics of the area in which the trial occurs. But here, in this area of Georgia, this area is 27% black. But they still managed to see the jury of 11 white people and one black person. That's outrageous even in mostly white neighborhoods. They can usually find two black people even in Beverly Hills. But not here. Not here, my friends. In fact, even the judge, even the judge thinks that this jury selection is discriminatory. Right, he was appalled. Supposedly. I know you don't believe me. I know you don't believe me, but I got him on tape, so you have to believe me. Here he is right here. Uh, this court has found that there appears to be uh, intentional uh, discrimination in the panel. Uh, that's that prima facie case. Uh, and I guess before I get into this... Um, one of the challenges that I think uh, counsel recognize in this case is the, the racial overtones in the case. Quite a few African-American jurors were excused through preemptory strikes exercised by the defense. This judge. But that doesn't mean that the court has the, the authority to reseat. The uh, court is um, in a position where it's got to make another finding, which is that the defendants are not genuine when they gave a reason. Um, and that the, the Klansmen were not genuine. Claiming is not the real reason those particular jurors were struck. That's the judge. That's the judge on the actual trial occurring right now saying that this jury is discriminatory, but I can't do anything about he it. He just did a Pontius Pilate thing, don't you get it? Well, he put it on the record, right? And he, and he washed his hands. He washed his hands of it, yeah, but he did put it on the record. I give him credit. Not my fault, man. Not my fault. Well,. It's so rare for a judge to admit that a jury was set up to be discriminatory. That's so rare. I'm a lawyer, and I've never seen that happen before. I wonder how the jury felt to hear that. Well, he's got he's got to be able to go home and, and, and deal, too. I mean, the judge is in the community. He's got to live there. He's got kids. He's got to answer to them saying, Daddy, Daddy, why did I you... I wonder if that wasn't a, a throw to the, to the prosecution saying, here's a way we can appeal this if it goes wrong. Or here's a way we can... Uh, you know, I want to put it on the record that this is wrong from the very get-go. Here's the funny thing, Dr. Mack. Historically, you might remember this. Whenever white folk killed a black man, what they would do is just assemble a jury of other white folk who would never put their kind in jail for something like that, right? Yeah. And, and then, voila, yep. voila, you have a not guilty verdict. Just get your friends, you know, right. Buddy Bob. Hey, Buddy Bob, I killed this black man. You think I did it on purpose? <laughs> no, man, you would never do something like that. Voila, you have a not guilty verdict. That's what they're attempting to do now, though, in the Aubrey trial. They're trying to get their white kinfolk to acquit them. Because let me tell you something, folks. They can't say they were making a citizen's arrest. They can't say that because they hadn't witnessed a Mount Aubrey commit a crime. In order to make a citizen's arrest in most states, you must witness a crime. You must witness a crime. Uh, the bishop can't come in here and tell me Dr. Mack did something to me yesterday. Go arrest him. I have to witness it. And then I can arrest Dr. Mack. You can't just deputize yourself and investigate a crime that was already committed. You can't go around detaining and questioning suspects with shotguns. You can't do that. You're not a cop. If you try to detain me and you're not a cop, 
and you don't show a badge to me, I'm smacking the gun away just like Ahmaud Arbery did. Mm -hmm. How do I know you're not robbing me? And then the judge allowed this jury to see the tape. They, you know. I got to tell you, folks, I get upset over all unarmed black men getting killed for no good reason. That includes in gangs. But some cases really burn me. This is one of them. Just the arrogance of some people. Hey, that looks like the guy who trespassed on my neighbor's property last week. Let's chase him down with shotguns. Or how about, remember Trayvon Martin? That was the worst. Zimmerman, the fake cop, running around asking people what their business is in the area. As if even a cop can just stop you for no reason and ask you questions. It's ridiculous. I'll be keeping my eye on this trial. We both will. I think the world will be. Not many trials get daytime television play. So more news as it comes in. As of now, it's time for our last break of the show. I could use a cool down period. And I have another independent music track for you. I played this before. It's called 10th Wonder by my man Mex Cortez, the best rapper in Africa. Please enjoy and come back and see us. Black Indus. Girl, you got me focused on the cream. Yeah. God making sure we on the scene. Yeah. You'll be beside me when I'm working on my dream. Yeah. The day I make you can't wait to see you scream. Yeah. All my head is busy watching me. That's rappable for you, I'm coming clean Joe, who could you my staff queen? I just see you in 17 Give me that thunder I've been praying all day You're my tenth wonder You make the pain go away Show me the way, my boo Show me the way, my darling Can't wait to say I do You know I keep on falling Show me the way, my boo Show me the way, my darling Can't wait to say I do You know I keep on falling Falling for you, yeah You, yeah You, yeah Falling for you, yeah You, yeah You, yeah Dancing mommy, shuka kia inaflani Uko moto cheche, yani ya unautani Ushafaga wisho, neza run the town When it tends to wonder, wangu number one Nafasi ya kuhipo Milele, si waoni hawe gine baby ni wewe Nishike kupeleke baka kilele, piga kelele Give me that thunder I've been praying all day, you're my tenth wonder You make the pain go away Show me the way my boo, show me the way my darling Can't wait to say I do, you know I keep on falling Show me the way my boo Show me the way, my darling Can't wait to say I do You know I keep on falling Falling for you, yeah You, yeah, you, yeah Falling for you, yeah You, yeah, you, Never in a million years did I ever expect my healthy daughter, Vienna, to fall asleep watching TV and tragically never wake up. She was only two years old and this happened at our home in Homedale, New Jersey in 2017. Her death was categorized as SUDC, Sudden Unexplained Death in Childhood. Essentially, this is SIDS, but in kids 1 to 18 years old. Never heard of SUDC? Well, neither did my husband and I, and we are both physicians. Please visit www.vienna.team to learn more about our sweet daughter Vienna's story, our family's 501c3 nonprofit, Team Vienna for SUDC Awareness, and how you can get involved to help uncover these unexplained tragedies with us. As a team, I know we can get this done. Thank you so much for your support. I'm Vienna's mommy, Dr. Denise Wunderler, founder of Team Vienna and co-founder of the SUDC Coalition. Thank you so much.
Hello again, my friends. We got like 10 minutes left. That song you heard was 10th Wonder by Mex Cortez, the best rapper in Africa. I like the song. If you like it too, you can find it on bandcamp.com. I'm hearing a lot about his new album. So check it out. After the music, we were grateful to have some words from my good friend, Dr. Delise Wonderler. I know a lot of doctors, by the way. Y'all better help save my life, man. This charity helps to raise awareness about SUDC, which is Sudden Unexplained Death in Childhood. Dr. Wunderlu's daughter died of SUDC at the tender age of two. My child, Simon, died of SIDS as an infant. That's Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. My tragic experiences, but ultimately led me to meet Dr. Wunderler, and the way she runs her charity makes me feel like she is fighting for my family as well as hers. Please go check out Vienna.team when you get the chance. It's definitely worth your time. Now, on another note, I need to say that um, football superstar Aaron Rodgers is an idiot. Uh, I verified that this morning. He had people believing that he was vaccinated for, for COVID for months when he wasn't. He just got some kind of concoction from his doctor or what have you. Dr. Um, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is the doctor right here. Now, I don't watch sports that much, and, and that this is part of the reason why I can't get into sports as much as some people, because I just can't get over the feeling that the players are just like hedge funds managers who happen to play ba- basketball or football, but they don't really care about the sport anymore, and they don't really care about the fans. I feel like the fans care more about the game than many of the players do. In fact, Aaron Rodgers is running around saying he's been canceled. I guess it didn't take long to forget that guy named Colin Kaepernick, who was actually canceled, who was actually blacklisted, who was actually told to go away from the football league and told never to come back. But privileged Aaron Rodgers, who's the number three player probably in history, he's being blacklisted, even though he still can play, and he didn't take his shot. Isn't that something? Things have changed, folks. These aren't the days of Jackie Robinson or Babe Ruth where they would give a signed baseball to a kid with a smile and some Kool-Aid and be like, hey, kid, take this back home and eat your spinach. It kind of like tells you the character of the man, doesn't it? Well, maybe the the league is enforcing this. Maybe the league doesn't really want people that are honorable. These days, your sports player, your babe roof of these days will tell the kids, they'll tell the kids to mind their own damn business about what I eat at home. What do you say? Saying ain't so, Joe. Maybe Maybe I don't eat spinach. Don't do what I do. Hey. I'm just a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Look, hey, 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 admire your parents. Don't admire me. That's what we're dealing with these days. These days, they just t- tell kids to mind their own damn business. Don't be like me, kid. I'm just here to make a billion dollars. I want to be the I want to be the first billion dollar basketball player. Not I want to be the most winningest basketball player. I want to bring my team together. I want to help make this city, you know, economically viable. Again. Not about the game. No, 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 no. I want to be the first billionaire. I want to have the most commercials. Right. I'm with you. Screw everybody else. They have no interest in being role models anymore or living up to any kind of public responsibility, but they'll take the $10 million check, though. But uh, I'll, I'll forego my check if it comes to being shot. I don't want to get no shot, even though I'm a multimillionaire and I make all the money off the public. Aaron Rodgers has million-dollar doctors. He has the best doctors in the world, but he still went to Joe Rogan for advice on COVID. Joe Rogan, the comedian. Yeah. The, the guy that takes yeah. ivermectin. Right. Ivermectin. I have to play this. Every time I hear ivermectin. <laughs> that's what ivermectin is for, right here. And you know what? Joe Rogan told him to take ivermectin. That's right. He took the sheep medicine. Aaron Rodgers is taking sheep medication instead of using his doctors. Aaron Rodgers joins this Aaron Rodgers joins the sheep now. Because he's get, taking sheep medication. Where'd he get it from? Uh, he, that's a good question. I guess when you're a millionaire, you can get it from any damn place you want to, right? Right. Not legally, though. Right. Well, you, you can take whatever you want. Right. You can't legally kill yourself, but, I mean, who's yeah. going to arrest a suicide victim, right? Yeah. <laughs> God? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, one more thing. He's using MLK quotes about yeah. unjust unjust uh, laws yeah. to not take the COVID vaccine. But he'll take ivermectin, though. He'll take ivermectin with no MLK quotes. Very convenient. This very, is what we're going to hear. Very convenient. That's what we're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers next time he's on the, on, the, on the field. And I need to get out of here before I'm kicked out of here. 
Shout out to everybody in and out of the studio who helps produce this show. The Bishop, Dr. Matt, Joe Duncan, DJ Alex Sanchez, and most importantly, all the listeners. Oh, Ivermectin helps a lot too. Iver- Ivermectin <laughs> helps a lot too. We got the sheep. Hey. That's right. Without hey. the sheep and Aaron Rodgers, we have nothing to talk about. If we had no one to talk to, that would be a pretty sad sight to see. See you in two weeks, people. But listen, I need a fair fight out there. Knock each other out, but try not to kick each other in the balls. All right? See you in two weeks. <laughs> This is the Jamal Show. Down in. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. 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 This is the Jamal Show.